Welcome to this week's sermon at Village Presbyterian Church. At Village, we seek to be shaped by the life of Christ, to practice authentic friendship, and serve the world. You're invited to join us at either our Mission Campus or our Antioch Campus. For now, we hope you hear a word for your own life in this sermon. Welcome to this week's sermon at Village Presbyterian Church. At Village, we seek to be shaped by the life of Christ, to practice authentic friendship, and serve the world. You're invited to join us at either our Mission Campus or our Antioch Campus. For now, we hope you hear a word for your own life in this sermon. Our reading tonight comes from... The second chapter of Philippians, where Paul quotes a a hymn of the church, maybe the first Christmas carol. As we come to this passage, let us first join together in prayer. Christ, you are the living word, and it is you that we long to hear. So whisper to us, we pray, your grace, your love. We are here, O God, we are listening. In the name of Christ we pray, amen. Listen to this. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, but emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, being born in human likeness and being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God also highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bend in heaven and on earth and under the earth And every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God shall stand forever. Amen. So welcome to this night. From the world of Delta and Omicron and overflowing hospitals, from the world of violence on the streets and in airplanes, from the devastation of storm, from food and housing insecurity, the markers of the year we have recently journeyed. Welcome to this holy night. The world needs it. It sort of feels like we were coming to the end of a long-distance run only to turn a corner and recognize that there await an uncertain number of miles ahead yet to run. We here at Village have been talking about joy during this Advent season, and here's what I believe. The joy that is found in this night is a joy that can carry us through even in difficult times, even in challenging times. In a few days, we'll 
turn the page on this year and begin another one. And I don't know what 2022 will bring. Probably like most years, it'll be a mixture of beauty and brokenness, of blessing and burden. But whatever it is, I don't want to go through it without remembering tonight. No, we know the story. We all know the story. A collection of folks traveled to Bethlehem. They were sent there either by following the star or sent by the angels or sent by the governor. There's the manger, a very poor substitute for a crib. There's the baby wrapped in bands of cloth. There's the exhausted mother and the somewhat bewildered father. There are shepherds that come, their voices still shaking with fear, but they have a song they've learned from the angels. And there are magi who arrive bringing gifts that no one has ever, ever, ever bought for a baby before. We know the story, and we know what we've done to the story. What I mean by what we've done to the story over the centuries is we've added things to spice it up a bit. We, we've added things. I, I preached a sermon one time on the uncaring innkeeper and was already in the sermon before I realized the Scripture never mentions the innkeeper at all. He's not there. We just added him. <laughs> and we sing of the three wise men. We even know their names, Gaspar, Melchior, and Balthazar, fantastic names. But if you read Matthew... No mention of the names. Doesn't even tell us how many there are. We just got three from the gifts. We just added it. It's kind of fun. And we've made up completely new stories like, do you know the one about the Magi traveling and they stop and stay in this poor little home with a little boy named Amal who cannot walk? He offers his crutch to the Magi to give to the baby, and as he does, he takes a step. It's a wonderful story. We've blended the details of the story. I love the carol, Rise Up, Shepherd, and Follow. Shepherds follow the star? No, it was the Magi who followed the star. The shepherds didn't have any, they had angels. But yeah, I guess if the Magi could see the star, maybe the shepherds could too, I suppose. Most bizarre of all, at least to me, is that drummer boy, Carol. You know, this guy shows up, here's this family exhausted with a newborn, and he thinks, you know what these people need is a drum solo. Here's what I think. I think we've played with the details. We've added the details to the story as a way of kind of putting ourselves in the midst of it. We want to find our own name included in the story of God, and that's actually the right instinct because this night is about the birth of the Christ child But because he is who he is, this night is about us. Because apart from you, he wouldn't have come at all. I I think that's what Paul says. He, He quotes a hymn, maybe a Christmas carol. 
He describes the incarnation this way. He says, though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, but emptied himself, being born in human likeness, he humbled himself. Paul says that this night reveals the humility of Christ. Humility is not... It's not real popular these days. And I understand it's, it's, it's hard. I, I was humble. I, I, I left some meeting here at the church. I don't remember what. So I go to all kinds of meetings. I left some meeting, and I was driving down Mission Road, and I, I was afforded an opportunity to have a little chat with one of the officers that works in the area. Ian. <laughs> He invited me to pull over and to catch up a little bit. Turns out having your tag renewal sticker in your glove box doesn't count. It actually has to be on the tags themselves. So here I am, lights flashing. I'm a Mission Road criminal. And he goes back to his car with the lights flashing still and calls his girlfriend, I think. He was in there about a half an hour. Meanwhile, all of Prairie Village drives down Mission Road, and there I am, and people, yeah, that was Tom. Did you see? I think that was Tom. I think that's the pastor of that church. It was humbling. I'm trying to squeeze into the headrest. <laughs> I'm sure you've never had an experience like that. I had a different experience altogether, one I much preferred. Not long after Carol and I were married, we went with my dad and his wife to Ghana, West Africa. We went to visit the work of the church there. Presbyterians had been engaged in mission work in Ghana for about well, 200 years. We have built hospitals and schools and congregations and all kinds of different villages. Carol and I, we visited a congregation in a small village, and we were just at worship. And then after worship, they had a little huddle, a little meeting. I didn't know what was going on exactly, but then they announced that they were going to make me chief of the youth. I thought, really? I don't know what the responsibilities are. But the, the process was quite involved. They brought in this chief stool like a throne I had to sit on, and then there were chief robes that I wore and bracelets and necklaces and things on my head and baby powder in my face. And the women were singing and the men were dancing and swaying, and it was, it was kind of fun. And I thought we were just having a little fun in church, and then I walked outside of the church. And outside, grown men started falling down on their faces, and women were singing, and they were sweeping the path in front of me. And one fellow went and got an old beat-up umbrella to, to block the severity of the sun on my pale skin. And I was thinking, this is ridiculous. But I have to confess, a part of me was also thinking... I could get used to this. <laughs> this is kind of cool. I was feeling pretty good about myself. I was. People sweeping the walk in front of me. And then I remembered my grandmother, 
who was convinced that the quickest way to be turned away from the pearly gates is to think too much of yourselves. Nobody likes a braggart, she would say. You don't want to get too big for your britches. That was her favorite. John Meacham wrote a biography of George H.W. Bush, and he said when Bush was running to be senator in Texas, he ran a political ad, and his mother called him and said, George, stop talking about yourself. Nobody wants to hear about you. <laughs> She's not wrong. Neither was my grandmother. Nobody likes a braggart. I've assumed that is... That's what humility is. It's making sure we don't think too highly of ourselves, right? But is that what Paul means when Paul says Christ humbled himself? Does that mean Jesus was concerned about thinking too highly of himself? Did he come and kind of, you know, come sort of as an all shucks, it's just me kind of Lord? He didn't, he didn't move through the world keeping in the shadows and staying out of the center of things. So what, what, does, what does Paul mean Christ humbled himself? Here's the thing. For the longest time in my life, I assume that humility describes how I think of myself. But in truth, humility describes how we think of others. I'm not humble when I think less of myself. I am humble when I think highly of others. Jesus didn't come because he thought less of himself. He was born because he loved, and he could not bear to stay away from the world that he loved. I had a friend named David. He was in the church that I served in Florida. David, uh, he was an attorney, and his, his wife was named Winky. I'm not making that up. And Winky was quite a football fan, and David was quite a cook. And so when the Sunday school class got together at somebody's house for a cookout, Winky would be out by the grill with the guys talking about the benefits of zone defense, and David would be in the kitchen swapping recipes for lemon meringue pie. And David was like a magnet. People were just drawn to him. Now, he wasn't a mover and shaker. He was an important man. I don't know that he ever served on a board or was elected to anything or won an award for anything, but everybody wanted to be with David because he always wanted to be with you. If you walk in the room, he'd give you the impression that he had been waiting all day for you to show up. And say, David, how, how are you doing? He said, better now that I've seen you. He said, you got a minute? Sit down. I've been wanting to talk to you. Tell me everything. Just catch me up. Tell me everything. And he said it in a way that you believed it. You were always glad to see David because he was always glad to see you. I think that's what humility looks like. Humility is not thinking less of yourself. 
Humility is the fruit that results when we think highly of those around us. Paul says he was God, but he chose to become one of us. Not because he thought less of himself, but because he thought so much of you. The story of this night is that the love that breathed the universe into being has called you by name. And we need that. We need that. We will soon put this year behind us and greet a new year, and I don't know what it'll bring, but it'll be a mixed bag. There'll be good and bad. There'll be beauty and brokenness. There'll be blessing and burden, but we can greet it with joy, a joy that will carry us through because Christ humbled himself, not because he thought less of himself, but because he thought, thinks so much of you. So no matter what may come, remember this night, For the angels did not say simply that a Savior is born. No, the angels said, I bring good news to you. Good news of great joy. For to you, a Savior is born. Pray with me. Gracious God, we believe. Help our unbelief. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon at Village Presbyterian Church. Learn more about us at villagepres.org. And we invite you to join us again next week. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon at Village Presbyterian Church. Learn more about us at villagepres.org. And we invite you to join us again next week.